You are listening to The Three Intuitive Healers with Heather Nicholson, Angela Johnson, and Stephanie Gonzalez. Produced by The Three Intuitive Healers Show. Visit the3intuitivehealers.com for articles and podcast shows discussing our personal insights and sharing our experiences with you. It is our belief that every human is an intuitive and every human has the capacity to heal. We'll take you along with us on a journey of self-growth and healing so you too can open your mind, heart, and life to the healing magic within. Good day, listeners. Welcome to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be discussing uh, a topic that has come up. So we're going to be conversing with, with Heather, Angela, and Stephanie about holding space with someone during a difficult conversation. And I bring this up because it was experience I had uh, this weekend. And it reflected a lot for me in what has changed and what has healed and matured in me that brought me the realization that it was such a gift instead of uh, a burden or a boring moment. So I was uh, at a uh, baby shower over the weekend and uh, it was for my husband's workplace. So I think I knew one person and, and that's fine. It was a, it was a um, couple's for a first time uh, baby. And so it was uh, lively people talking to each other, talking to each other and food and fest. And at some point um, between games, uh, this man who was sitting across from my husband and I, he had uh, just introduced himself. And then I don't, I don't know how it came up, but he did ask us how, how long have you guys been married? And I said, um, 34 years. And he goes, Oh, uh, my wife and I had 40 years before she died last year. Oof. And, you know, and that's that, <clears throat> you know, drop that. And it was like, Oh gosh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Then people went on, did things. Well, my husband ended up leaving and walking around doing what he was doing. And I was left at the table, a couple other people and this man. So I just made basic chit chat with him, but he really just began to open up about his wife. He, he was telling me how they met and, you know, beautiful memories with her, but also the um, the details of like what happened. And, you know, they it, it was unsettling, uh, you know, um, some of the details, how he found her, what have you. It was a it was an impromptu, shocking death. And then he just went on to talk about like all the difficulties. And I just I just listened. Um, and, uh, you know, it was with a heavy heart because he got a little emotional as one can imagine. And it's so interesting because like the rest of the room was doing their thing. Everybody was just oblivious to us two where he was just recalling things and sharing his grief. And and he even mentioned that he really hasn't had time to to grieve. And I asked some basic questions um, such as uh, you have children, um, animals, uh, you know, what's going on. And then he, he did mention that um, I asked him if he took time off from work and he said, not really. And um, because he needed to pour himself into his work to avoid, but he did mention that uh, the workplace had been so, so good to him and supportive. And, and I just said, how, how wonderful, you know, to see the best in people and to have that support, what have you. And over time, it was probably maybe a 15 minute conversation. Um, then things moved on again and that was that. But I was thinking about 
it, you know, uh, a couple of days after, because I was thinking that in the past, if someone would have been telling me these heavy hearted um, top, you know, discussions, I, I, I would have reacted very differently. I would have, I always had this need to want to fix or to um, change the subject, right? Because I don't want the person to be down. So I may have, and again, it would have never been, you know, intentionally to hurt someone or, or to change one's feelings. It was escapism, right? It's that fight or flight type thing, right? And so I would have said, oh, but at least you had, you know, 40 years or but, but at least, you know, X, Y, Z and found the good in it. And you know what, there was nothing good to find in it yeah. at that time, right? He was just sharing. And um, I was just listening. And I wasn't uncomfortable. When I thought about it, I wasn't I wasn't squirming and I thought, well, I, I really believe that's because I found in myself, you know, a healing, a place of peace with with emotions, with boundaries, with mm-hmm. understanding of death, with people sharing and exchanging energies with each other. And I and I didn't want to change it. And I didn't want to get up and like, oh, excuse me, where's my husband, right? Where you just like yeah. abandon the person because you're so you're so awkward. You, you, there's nothing I could say it was going to change it or help it. Uh, I was just a sounding board, you know, in that, in that place. So I was wondering for both of you, if we could really kind of look at that and see, have you had the experiences yourself of both, you know, before maybe you found that place of uh, comfort and healing in you where you did want to get away from it? Um, or have you always been just comfortable with listening to people share very difficult subjects? Yeah, I I have. Um it's someone always wants to talk to me. Like when I used to go clubbing, I, this random person would sit next to me and just start just telling me the, the, like everything, their life story. And I remember, yeah, I re- I remember he even said, he's like, God, you're wise, wise beyond your, your years. He's like, how, how do you know all this stuff? And for some reason, I just, I felt like I was channeling spirit at the moment and he just needed to hear whatever it was. And then um, I think what it is, Stephanie, is, is that when we get to a certain point, we just, we hold, we hold a safe space so that they can get it out. Cause it's like, they're not getting therapy somewhere else. So they find that one person where maybe on a spiritual level, they like, oh, you can talk to this person, just like kind of let it out. So maybe, maybe that's that, but I've had situations where I'm just like, I really don't want to, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to talk to this person. And I know, I remember my mom used to be the, used to do the same thing. Like, oh, but you know, you have so much to live for, blah, 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 kind of reverse it on them. And I think that's also a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. So once you get to a point where you're in your own safe space, you're like you said, in a, mental, emotional, safe space for yourself, you can hold a safe space for another person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And especially without judgment, because like you, people tend have gravitated towards me. And and they say that with people who do uh, healing work or intuitive work, or Mm -hmm. just have maybe empathics, what have you, people gravitate towards you. But what's changed in my youth is I would have walked away with judgment. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Wow. 
their whole life is got some serious stuff going on or my God, does the person have discretion? Why would they tell me all this stuff? Because I didn't understand my role in it. I, I was, you know, taking it too personally in that space of, uh, what am not, what am I, what am I doing in, in, in like now with in a place of the divine or how am I showing up it, before it was just like, what the heck do I need to know this for? Why would you tell me that? Don't you, you know, you should keep your, you know, dirty laundry in your own closets or what have you. And, and I, I look back now and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I guess it had to happen that way. Not that I, I would never have told anyone that of course, you know, but I walked away without the rewarding experience that I had the other day. And it's just because over time I've healed, you know, a judgment in myself and um, expectation. Uh, and I don't need anything from it. And I, and really in a nutshell, if, you know, I showed up for anything other than just to be in that spot for that man, yeah. you know, that was my role. I mean, it was more than just bringing a gift and playing games. It was a bigger experience of just being where I needed to be for that moment. And, um, I thought that was really rewarding. I, I just look at it totally different now. How about you, Angela? What, you know, have you had oh, the same yeah. kind of? I, was, I mean, I, as a kid, I'm, I, adults would talk to me, you know, you know, it's just like, um, and it is something that I think if that's something you like to be, which is basically a witness, the sacred witness, it's a sacred thing mm -hmm. to hold witness there is a maturity where you go from needing to not feel bad when you hear a person's story and you feel bad. So you immediately try to fix it. Right. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with how you're feeling. Yes. yes. Um, and then once you get that, it's easier to sit in that and realize mm -hmm. oh, I'm having a feeling, but what do they need? Mm -hmm. Are they actually asking for advice or have they just stumbled across a safe place to actually drop the, the, the facade and let the heavy weight down for a moment? They're not trying to put it on me. Right. They just want to put it down and have somebody witness the, mm -hmm. the act of putting this weight down for a moment. Um, and so I will, you know, I love being witness for people. I, I, especially now that I'm able to not take their load on, you know, which is still hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can hear, and then when when it comes time with they are asking for advice, it is hard to then step back and be like, okay, now the rest is that still their journey. They, you can't heal them in a moment. You know, it, it's not going to serve them, perhaps but to just maybe give some different perspectives so that the way they carry the load shifts a bit so that either eventually they can put it down completely or it's much easier for them to carry. So, um, so yeah, I, all my, all my life I've done that. And like I said, it's something that I, I, I'm honored to do recently when you brought up this topic um though <laughs> this week i had an interesting experience so one of our developers um 
something he worked on didn't quite work. The client thought it was supposed to be a one-time fix, whereas my developer was sort of approaching it as sort of a tinkering because this is not a system he's built. So he has to kind of like explore so he doesn't destroy everything and try while he's trying to fix it. So this client was incredibly angry, incredibly angry. And between my boss and this developer, they were like, well, maybe Angela should talk to them. And, and, and a sales, one of our sales guys had inadvertently kind of stumbled on to how angry he was because he had made a call about something else. And I just knew it was not the right thing. I just knew being passed to one more person was not going to solve it. But I also knew I had to step in because the developer needed a breather. My boss has been taking on this too much. It was the right thing for our company for me to step in. I just knew it wasn't going to solve the problem. So I get on the phone. And what was cool, what I experienced as he was like so angry. He was so angry and I was truly able to have compassion for him because I just thought, I, Oh God, we've all been there. We have all made that call to whatever service provider and just felt like I'm being ignored. You're taking my money. Like just, I could just feel for him. But I also was able to very gently stand my ground and say, you know, just let me interrupt. He, he did, our developer did respond to your email. And he was like, you know what? You're being unreasonable. We're not going to have this conversation. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, what was cool is my boss was in the next room. So I was able to get him talking again. I said, look, my whole purpose is just to make this better for you. So, and that got him talking again, but his words were clipped. He could barely speak. He was so angry. So in the end, I certainly couldn't solve anything for him. And I just said, okay, let me see what I can do. Okay. And, and you could tell he just wanted to slam the phone down. Um, but the entire time, my heart was, I thought it was going to burst out of my chest. It was beating so hard. I was physically yeah the adrenaline was going through me and and in the past I might have given into that sort of like temptation to match my emotional state with what my body's doing but I was in the moment able to realize wow okay this is him all that's happening in my chest all that Moving through you the shortness of breath the tightness of my throat I was like this is him okay got it got it and he hangs up I hang up with my finger, I disconnect the line with my finger and then I slam the, <laughs> the earpiece down so I could get some release. And my boss comes in, he's like, you, I have to tell you, you did amazing. And I said, give me a minute. And I was like, I am still feeling this. And I actually had to pace, thank goodness it was just my boss and I, I actually had to pace up and down and like shake my arms, shake my body. Cause my heart would not stop, would not stop the, the, the adrenaline beating. Um, but it was really cool. And then what I noticed 10 minutes, an hour later, I kept trying to get angry because that's how my body was like, so now I should emotionally feel angry, right? I should just, and I was able to be like, no, and you got through that entire conversation and you did it. Like, I was really proud of myself. And I just thought, stick the landing. Don't give in now. 
to old habitual. And I think it ties into what you said, you know, you used to have judgments about it or just, it's like, no, don't have a judgment about what happened. Like you did your part. So, um, so I was holding space for someone, not in a happy or, Oh, I really, you know, like the man at the party, you can, your heart goes out. I could have compassion for him. And I could also see where he was completely wrong and where he was completely right. So it was very cool. It was very cool. That's really amazing. It really goes to show, I'm glad you talked about the physical side effects of that because when someone is so angry like that and, and you were just, you weren't even part of it, but how yeah. quickly you could have got wrapped up to it in it and became now a, a third person fighting against this man because it's contagious. It went to you. It's like yeah. he needed to release it and you were, you know, you were the, the, the target yeah. and, but your wisdom and your healing and your self-control now allowed you to take it in. And then as, as Heather likes to transmute it, right. And heal it. And, 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 and hopefully he felt better. He felt better because he was listened to and hopefully there's going to be a remedy. He yeah. threw it out at you, but you didn't own it. And, and that's just so, you know, lovely. And you didn't try to escape it. You stayed in it as uncomfortable as it was yeah. and is you stayed in it and you didn't lose yourself. And, and does it not just like you say, you're proud of yourself because I was really proud of you know, myself. I was like behavior yeah. that's changed right over time or yeah. in the past, maybe you would have reacted at any given date. We could still react. It doesn't mean we're never going to yeah. react again or what have you, but um, gosh, it feels good when we can walk away and say, this is what it's like, you know, in those moments where we have that clarity and we really are getting it. We're in line with the divine or with spirit or yeah. with what we wish to attain to to live as and and it feels so yeah. good you know it's not um, taking it personally i no, didn't even right, though my body right. was reacting and when i was yes. telling my husband about it later on the night i got a little bit as i was sort of reenacting it for him and then i was like oh, okay hold on he and i both were like why are we getting, <laughs> getting upset it's like ooh, nope it's still in me it's still there yeah okay let's truly release it um but yeah just really learning not to take it personally which we say so often but it was neat mm -hmm. to be in practice for it I, absolutely and, and again as i always say with me is my experiences continue to come through these people you know and i really had to thank this this man you know in my quiet time for allowing me you know to to be in this position where he could show vulnerability that maybe as a man he just can't do you know with yeah. his his friends or uh his his community or his his family um and a stranger became the best way right with uh, and sometimes we think we'll be less judged by a stranger than our own family right because they might be saying oh my god it's been a year get over it or or mm -hmm. you have everything what are you feeling sorry for and a stranger doesn't know that much about you and um i just think of it wow what what a great gift you know um and again I, if I were to think back, I'm sure there's, yeah, I can't think of them, but I'm sure there's times where maybe that same scenario would have presented itself. And again, I would have said, and like Heather says, out of the habit to try to make us feel better in this moment, right? Like, again, trying to find the good out of something that he just, he wasn't looking to feel good. He yeah. was just looking to release. And that's how it came out. And um, I, I just, I was just so 
I felt so blessed by it, you know, just, just, a, it was a remarkable moment of, of a reality of, of constantly realizing that, you know, every experience that we have out there is, is full of lessons and is full of opportunities. And that same scenario could be told by someone saying, oh, some weird guy talked to me and, you know, was, ugh, he was just telling me a bunch of boring stuff or, you know, stuff I didn't want to yeah. hear that. And that's true. But my story, uh, the same one is, you know, this man shared with me, you know, these real personal feelings um, and I think was grieving in a way maybe he hasn't been able to. Um, and that's a, the same true story. It's just it's just uh, the perspective of I think of um, of healing and maturity, you know, and so I, I kind of it just was a shot in the arm for my healing, for myself, for my growth to just yeah. be like. Yes. You know, um, you know, I think it's a, it's an interesting, not a test. It's an interesting elevation of calmness and just like a little tug, like, you know what, expand, you know, here where you are, expand a little step forward. Yeah. Well, it, it makes your interactions with others so much richer when, when, you know, you don't have to keep level setting like oh ooh, that makes me feel bad or oh ooh, you know don't do it's like no they're allowed to express themselves and you can hold your neutrality and hold the space for them and that they can do that for you and it's just it makes um it just makes the experience so much richer you know absolutely and especially when it comes to you now you ladies both when you were doing reiki in the hospital you know that's something i have I've not wanted to gravitate towards because the same situation when you're with someone who's very sick or someone is in pain or someone who's got really bad diagnosis, um, you know, that's a difficult situation to be in and you are there offering healing and, and, and removing all the uncomfortable feelings of it just to give, just to help, just to assist and to be in there. Um, and I'm wondering in that, did, did you ever have any experiences where the patient talked to you and you just had to remove any, like, don't, again, don't try to change it. Don't let's not bright, bring sunshine. Uh, yeah. Let's just talk about what we can do in healing or listen. What were your experiences? Oh yeah. All the time. I feel like, especially because for me, my Reiki was always more about the spiritual and mental and emotional. So I think I was always gravitating or put together with patients that, that was what they needed. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, lots of conversations, but it, it's to me, you know, I didn't cause the cancer, so I don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I guess there's an ability I have to just sort of divorce from now. Maybe if we'd worked more in the children's ward, that might've gotten to me more. Mm -hmm. Um, cause of the protective feeling, but it, it's always been easy for me to just, take my emotions out of that and just mm. stand for them and just be calm because nothing else in their life right. is probably calm at that moment. So, um, and knowing how nothing I say is going to make them feel better. If like you said, they've just had this diagnosis or, you know, the, the surgery didn't work or whatever it is. I, I, nothing I say or do is going to make them at that moment have a happy conclusion. I feel like you really have to process these things and you can get there, but um, no, I just always strove to be a, a 
moment of calm, like a calm lake. Yeah, I, I remember talking to some patients and just saying, how can we, you know, like, let's see if we can find your, your, your peaceful space, a happy space for you to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it keeps on coming up for me when you guys talk is the, the commentary when people are talking and revealing their, their, um, their self to you and you're just holding a space of how much commentary is going in the background are you are you listening to your thoughts as they're talking are you are you really paying attention you know you know what i mean i remember in in for the longest time i'd always be thinking of words to say to them next instead of feeling into it oh what am i going to say to them that will help them or make them feel better or whatnot and now i recognize that i'm at a place where there is no like I, i'll just stare at people and they're like is somebody there and i'm like no i'm taking 100% what you're saying but there is like no commentary in the background. <laughs> and that's, that's key. That's being present, you know, it is. right there. Like you say, not worrying about what the answer is going to be or, or it's hard, especially if you get details, not to picture in the mind what they went through or what they're talking yeah. about. And well, it pulls you again into a different direction. Well, when people talk to me, mm-hmm. like, so when people talk to me, the images come up in my mind and it plays out like a movie. So sometimes what they're saying and what the movie does not match. And so I know automatically that, that there's somewhere here that they're not recognizing that this is where the discord's at. And so I can pick up on that. And so, and if they're having issues and they want feedback, then I go to that part where they're, they're, there's that discord and it doesn't quite feel right with what's playing with the movie in my head. And then what do you do with that? You're just aware of it or do you do anything? With I'm it? aware of it. And, uh-huh. you know, you just, you got to feel, is this, is this something that they really need to talk about? Like, cause you could really tear the blinders off their eyes and they're just not ready for it. They're not ready to hear it. Sure. And if they're not asking, then right. you you don't need to be saying that's a, that's great advice right there because that comes down to the question of can you listen without speaking because silence is very uncomfortable right and 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 we not we many of us may want to tend to fill the silence with something mm-hmm. because and, and like heather who just sits there and like she says stares and just gets into it you heather's so okay with silence it just she just <laughs> is she just is you know, and, and, and that's, that's great. Uh, I'm not, I'm not okay with silence. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm just going to tell you. It does make um, people uncomfortable. Uh, it just, you know, I, I've always aimed to feel it. And I think that's why a lot of the time I do most of uh, the talking when I talk to people and are well aware of their story and why I tend to, you know, be remain kind of mysterious because most people don't ask questions and, but they'll, they'll answer them. Mm-hmm. And when there's a lag, you know, I panic and ask more questions <laughs> in, in a lot of cases, you know, so um, that's the question I have for you. So we know Heather has come very accustomed to being okay with science. And how about you, Angela? Do you, are you okay with science? Does it depend? Do you like to, ask questions and fill it in if it's too no I'm okay with silence because like you I'd prefer the person to be talking Mm -hmm. you know um 
I don't know, maybe it's because of years of therapy, you realize mm -hmm. how beneficial someone not filling in the blanks for you is. Because I'll also watch people, whereas with my sister and a couple of their friends, and someone was having a crisis, and I could, I just sort of sat back and watched um, as everybody was trying to make themselves feel better with the advice mm -hmm. they were giving. You know, I just thought they 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 mean well, mm -hmm. but a lot of times the advice that is given is actually meant for the person speaking, yeah, or a reflection yeah. of what they're going through, exactly, and in order to really get and give advice to the, but that's re, that'll resonate with the person in pain you really have to listen and so i find myself asking a lot of questions at first before you know and being silent and letting the silence spool out especially if you're talking to men because they're used to sort of oh you have something to say okay i'll be quiet you know it's like you you really have to like sit and and let them unspool in their own time. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of like, I think I've said this before, kind of like a game of double dutch, right? You, you got to get the rhythm before you can jump in and start doing the jumping. So yeah, a lot of listening and a lot of trying to discern in the course of the conversation. Yeah, some of their issues may require the same advice that I'm operating under right now but if I find myself giving advice that is similar to something I gave to two other people thing that I was always taught is you have as when your clients come in if three of them have the same issue it's your issue it's not them so that means you're not actually paying attention to what's in front of you you're you're filtering through and also that the universe is bringing you people who may be going through the same thing but if I find myself giving um like the same advice again and again, then I know, oh, I'm not really listening. I'm, I'm trying to talk to myself. And I don't know if that happens to other people, but it, it definitely is a sign for me. And that's a perfect point. It's like you're saying, you're trying to talk to yourself. And, and I think sometimes when we are holding space for a person, they just need to hear themselves say it, right? Mm -hmm. And when we're not doing a discussion, we're just listening. It's them telling themselves, like you said, what they need to hear. Yeah, that's interesting. Just think about that. If we could teach people just to listen to each other um, without the commentary or without the advice or without the uncomfortable feelings, because gosh, it, it's, I mean, what if, and this is just a person talking about difficult situations, but what you change that and make it maybe a woman or that same man now crying. See, that just changes a lot emotionally. Uh, it's very hard not to get invested in that and not to want to fix it. You, yeah. We want to make people feel better when they're hurting, you know? So well, as giving we, advice, if they ask for it, giving advice is no, fine, but yeah. you have to. No, but how do we, how do we hold, how do we comfort a person when, right, there's no advice. They're just, they're yeah. just grieving. Ooh, here comes Heather. No, no, it is not up to you to emotionally make somebody else feel better. Yeah. Right. How do, but how do we comfort them? We don't make them feel better, but just listen. Just listen. If they ask Ranger, for advice, maybe hold a hand. Advice, there, there's no right answer it. for yeah. that because in the moment you need to feel what is right, given whether, you know, you need, they're asking for advice. You know, even sometimes when they're asking advice, it, uh, a healer came to me and asked me advice on stuff and she wanted to know what I did. 
and how I help dark energies. And I basically told her, yeah, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's not for you. It's it, you need to check and see if it's rightful for you. And so, well, there it goes. So I was getting off top topic there, but yeah, it's just, it's not. Let's get off topic. the miracles of life uh don't have to be uh the pomp and circumstance the walking on water the you know uh lights and and festivities it's just simple acts of kindness connection love Mm -hmm. forgiveness humanity and and spiritual our souls touching you know and it most of the time goes unnoticed right because if we're not even aware of it we're not seeing the miracles and the love and the essence of divine and oneness that is around us all the time all just all the time and once in a while you get that glimpse and it just gosh it feels good it, it is seeing god without seeing god right and um and it's just, it's joyous. And it, it really, it brings me great happiness to see that. And it makes me want to do better and be better and, and to experience more. But um, uh, as we've all said, you know, uh, small increments are usually for the best, right? Because you get bombarded with too much and then you, it, it may be a little overload. Um, well, I mean, I guess I agree with that statement. And I also think whatever spirit brings be of service. Um but I, I I just love that you had that experience because to me, that's, you showed up authentically and you allowed him to, to be yeah. authentic or yeah. whether it was vice versa, chicken and egg. He, he, you saw someone be incredibly authentic and you responded in kind and, yeah. and you created, like you said, it felt separate and apart from a party going on exactly and it wasn't overly dramatic and it wasn't grabbing you know people's attentions it was just a moment a a quiet moment of sacredness within just a very mundane activity Mm -hmm. and to me that's my favorite kind of sacredness yes I love the the fireworks I love giving someone an aha moment when I do a reading but it's those simple acts of moments of sacredness that you can share and then move on that is just beautiful to me and I love that you experienced that and that you saw it as growth because it was it's here to be commended thank you absolutely and I love that word sacredness I will I will cherish it as such <laughs> yes, it, was. it was sacred yes. that that's what church is supposed to be about right that's what okay. you know all those rituals are supposed to be about being able to connect and see the divinity and, and stand in that for each other and it doesn't have to be happy it doesn't have to be a celebration it can be a morning it can be about loss and it can still be sacred and divine and it's beautiful absolutely what a great reminder to all of us and in closing ladies anything you wish to i think the one that stands out for me is when you are holding a space for a person if they're asking for advice you know that's that's when the time is is to 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 offer offer your your advice because it's solicited you know, sometimes when it's unsolicited, it just goes in one ear out the other because you should—they're just not ready to hear it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 
very similar to what Heather said. Just holding the space. I would say don't take it personally in in, in the most neutral of way. You know, don't don't we want to empathize, we want to make it about us in order to it's always going really to be your help. perspective. Yeah. Cause yeah. of what you've gone through and that's understandable, but sometimes the best thing you can do is just to let them have it be their perspective and hold that space and be okay with the silence. Be okay yeah. with just not knowing how to help except knowing that you just want to be there for them. When I was summed up with me on that day, I listened and I, spoke with my heart in that day that was it you know and um i hope to do more of that so that's going to be my goal here in 2023 so yay with that all right listeners that's all the time that we have today we like to thank you so much for tuning in to the three intuitive healers podcast show we hope you're able to find the healing magic within Thank you for listening to us on the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. Remember, when we open ourselves to healing, we positively affect our environment. This podcast represents the opinion of the Three Intuitive Healers and their guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical or psychological advice and is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Each person is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we share is accurate, no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made in this podcast. 